0: Welcome to the Chasing Squirrels Lab. In the lab, we talk with educators and innovators and creators and makers that are using cool tools to sometimes recreate the classroom experience, inspire their students, and definitely inspire themselves. Here's the thing that I've really come to love about doing these podcasts, is that once you get the guest chatting about their pedagogy or their philosophy of teaching or even just talking about you know a little bit of how they came to become a a teacher in the first place it really really doesn't take too much time to get the joy hitting the tape and that joy that comes with spending time in education spending time with students and spending time investigating your old practice really really is infectious kim polishuk my guest on tonight's episode really does embody that that joy factor. And you know, I've sat in the PD sessions where I get it, the tool or the strategy or the new philosophy that's being presented, it is important. I do believe that. And when it, you know, we assemble for the staff meeting, I start with the assumption that the information that's gonna be shared with us is important. But I gotta say that when you get someone as zoned in and kinda ninjaed up in their craft, it makes you want to go out and try the stuff that they're talking about and the tools that Kim's going to talk about. You will. You're going to go give it a try, and then you're going to contact her, and then you're going to tell her that you tried it, and then I'll tell you what she's probably going to say: "Awesome!" and say, "Keep on going, keep on going." Really, really had a lot of fun with this conversation. Here's the episode. All right, and welcome to Chasing Squirrels Lab. I am absolutely thrilled to be talking with Kim Polishuk. Kim, how are you this evening?
1: I'm great, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm I'm awesome. What I mean, I'll say, doing personal professional development on a Friday evening with <laughs> an esteemed colleague. Um, uh,
1: thanks.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. It's a it's a it's a good way to spend uh, you know an hour or so. Not- absolutely. Sorry, I'll check that. I know I didn't. We're not actually going to talk for an hour, <laughs> just in case you're like, wait, if you said something. Like, wait a
1: wait, no. No. I can't. Yeah, do that. yeah.
0: I, yeah I've, I've got stuff to attend to. So, yeah. um, could you uh, throw down just a little bit of an intro for yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Kim Polishuk. I am a Digital Literacy Resource Teacher, or DLRT, for the York Region District School Board. I am also a very proud uh, Google-certified educator, innovator, and uh, uh, educator trainer, and most recently an innovator um, in uh, the Mountain View group from 2016, so MTV16. I'm a contributing author for uh, Creating the Dynamic Classroom, a handbook for teachers, and I'm a mom, and most recently I am a very proud orange belt in karate.
0: I love it. I, as I told you, I know it. We, we we'll just, I think, just in the in the edu sphere, I think we just have to let that information kind of soak in because I think, in some ways, that that is right now the most diverse bio anyone has given, and I love uh. that it it jumps off the edu paths, but like I was mentioning before I hit record, so important to sort of make these connections because um, I don't know about you, but in my neighborhood where I live, it's yeah. not all teachers that live here. There's a lot yeah. more to yeah. us when we yeah. step out of the classroom than just you know, our, our innovator certificates and our love of, of ed tech. So that Absolutely. was awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. And and that's the people I work with. I talk about it a lot.
0: I'm sure as you're holding them in an arm bar or sort of like flipping them, (laughs) you're like... (laughs) Sort of cornering them as they come out of the elevator. Like,
1: attack me, attack me. Yeah, exactly.
0: Come on, come on, come out, come at me. That would be awesome. Come at me, Jen. (laughs) Distant reference there. Uh, Anyways, um, so at the heart of... uh, of chasing squirrels lab is getting to some of the tools and activities and even ed tech that makes educators like you feel like you're maximizing your creativity in the classroom or with classrooms or in the system. So on the front end of this, what is it that's got your attention right now?
1: So I was thinking about this and I just came off of a weekend, uh, working at a conference, an EdTech team conference in Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, That was the Ontario Summit. And one of the best-received workshops I've ever had was a workshop I ran on Google Slides for animation, for stop-motion animation. And it was such a great group, and they were so into it. They were so energized by it. So naturally, I became even more energized. So I'm really excited right now about what teachers and students can be doing with Google Slides to create stop-motion animation
0: so the my background in using slides is i guess um more at the Mm 1.0 i've tried a couple times to do a progression of images and i thought to myself this is it's kind of okay um how is it that so okay i'm 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 definitely not dissing your process here but how do you move from okay single slides to something that actually has that kind of, let's say I'm going to throw it down that teacher street cred where someone in your session is like, wow, I had never thought of trying that.
1: Well, it's the idea of using a tool um, and like sort of hacking the tool. So yeah, Google Slides is there. It's a typical presentation tool and I love it. It's collaborative. It has all the the power of any app in the Google, in the G Suite. But when you hack the slides uh, and use it for something really creative, not just a presentation. So something like animation, stop motion animation, So what you actually do is you, the concept of stop motion animation to begin with, and this is what I do in my workshops, is um, you you take a picture, you make a small change, and you repeat it. And that's the basic concept of stop motion animation. So when you look at a Google slide, if you put a character, uh, an image, a PNG on a slide, and then you duplicate the slide by a simple method of Command-D, or control D, and then in the second slide, you just move it one click with the arrow to the right. Then you've copied it, you've made a change, and then when you copy that one, you're repeating it. Again, make a little change, copy, repeat. It's it's a, it's a tedious task, but it's very simple, and when you do this enough times, you will actually have that character walk across the page when you play it quickly. Um, and what I love about this is because it's, it's perfect for differentiation. And I'll, I'll tell you how I came across it in the first place. Um, I was doing an assignment a few years ago with my grade eight, so we are doing stop motion animation with, with Lego and with Clay, and I had a group of students, three boys, who really were quite, um, quite reliable. They were very strong boys uh, academically, but they just couldn't get their act together in terms of coordinating their schedules to, to, to really work on this project. And they're like, Miss, Miss P, like, how are we going to get this done? So I was sitting there thinking, I can't let the fact that one of them had to go on vacation and one of them is part of a basketball tournament, like, I can't let this destroy their, 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 their art term. So I went online and I found this uh, video clip. And I, I apologize. I can't remember his name at the time. I think it's Peterson. Sam Peterson, I believe, and he did this tutorial on how you can use Google Slides for stop motion animation. So you make all these slides, you tweak them a bit every time, and then you publish it to the web. And when you publish it to the web, you tweak the URL so it actually runs at like 24 frames per second. It runs like a movie. That's cool. I was
0: actually, sorry, I was wondering about that because I knew one of the challenges just in general from using slides in the past Yes. was adjusting the transition times because that am I remembering exactly. correctly like that was one of the things like teachers are like I need to adjust the yes. timing between yes. the transition yes. so you do that by so adjusting the url
1: file, yeah if you go file publish to the web mm-hmm. and then you take um there's a checkbox where it says you know start automatically when you hit the when you go to the site mm-hmm. and then you take the url but the last three the last four digits of the url say one thousand And if you change 1,000 to something like 84, it will play rapidly, automatically. So it will play like a movie.
0: That's cool.
1: Automatically. And you'll have a stop-motion animation film. So all of a sudden, these three boys were able to not only complete the project, complete it collaboratively from their individual homes because it's Google Slides, right? It has the power of G Suite. So their creativity... Flourished. It was amazing, and the video that they created, I use to this day every time I run this workshop. And and this workshop was originally created um, by Sandra Chow. I showed her this video because she was doing stuff on stop motion animation. She's like, "Oh my god, can I use it in my workshop?" I said, "Absolutely." And then I started running the workshop, and now we actually use the same slide deck when we run it. Um, and she, people are amazed at what they did. It was this beautiful, beautiful show. And you know, maybe I'll put it in the in the in your show notes so that people can see the video. That yeah, if you throw,
0: yeah, pass the link on to me for sure, and I'll include Absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely, I'll pass the link and I'll pass on the uh, tutorial, uh, cool. so that people can do it themselves. Yeah, it's really great. It's great for teachers to use it in their classrooms with young kids. The ability to create this, teachers walk out, and at the end of this workshop that I ran, we have like the Oscar film festival and mm-hmm. they all get to show the stop motion animation film that they just created in the session and they have a blast.
0: So this is um what I love about this is that you've 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 upped you've upped my question level a little bit here because okay. the fact that it's the classroom that you presented it into um, I mean, you have the history from the grade eights, but now you have it in session as part of a, a conference. Yeah. What are some of the what are some of the questions that the instructors come back with when they get in the process of this? So mm-hmm. you kind of because I get it. I In my mind, you have that that picture, maybe using lines. You're, I mean, you can move the picture, but maybe if you have um, single um Single line arms. You can sort of adjust the angle of the arm, make the yeah, thing kind of yeah. wave at you. What's the um? What are some questions that start to pop off when the teachers realize the simplicity of this?
1: Oh yeah. So they start to ask questions about PNGs, like how could I use a PNG or even a GIF um, to help sort of up the quality of this? And I said, so I teach them how to um, very quickly search for a PNG in Google. So mm-hmm. if you go into Google Images. And you type in dog or butterfly or whatever you're searching for as a character. Mm -hmm. And when you hit tools and then you go down to, um, what would it be, color. Mm -hmm. If you're filtering, if you go down and click transparent under that drop down menu for color all you will get will be PNGs. So the background of your image will be invisible. And then that image doesn't have that annoying white box around it. So if you have a great background, you don't have a white box around your image. You get that transparent image. And you can do the same thing with GIFs. Like in the workshop we just ran, I had a teacher who found um, an old cart and the wheels like a, a horse and carriage and the wheels were turning on the GIF so as she was moving it across the page the wheels were actually turning that's it cool. looked incredible
0: is, is there such thing as a transparent GIF
1: yeah yeah that was the one that she found
0: that's interesting
1: it, it, it was black and white lines and it was all transparent through it it's just the wheels were turning it was a little horse buggy got you I guess
0: you, I I think I've seen something like that done before though, where they also just change the background color of the slide to, if you can't get rid of the frame, changing the background color of the slide to match it as closely as possible gives you a little bit of the illusion.
1: Absolutely. But if you're talking about using this in context with curriculum, they're probably storytelling or telling something from history or conveying a message through an advertisement and you don't always want to compromise the integrity of the story that they're trying to tell or the context. So, white background might not necessarily be what they want. So that so that was one of the questions they asked about images. Cool. Um, another question they asked was about accessibility. So I said to them, look, you know, G Suite is available on a Chromebook and it's available on a laptop. Um, I, to be honest, I haven't done it on iPads. Um, in theory, you could. I think it would be harder, but you could. We talk about the ability to collaborate. And I mentioned the fact, again, that these three boys that did this project, they were in three different homes.
0: Their Mm -hmm. slides
1: were, they had about 800 slides that they created, and they just divided it up into scenes. So each kid could work on a section simultaneously. That's one of their questions. Um, And then they talk about uh, publishing to the web. Mm -hmm. Because they talk about privacy issues, right? And a lot of districts are dealing with privacy right now. And I say that when you publish the, the when you publish the slide deck to the web, it's still protected by the domain. So if you try to access that link from outside of your G Suite domain, you won't be able to. So you right. don't need to seek permission for that, which is great.
0: And when you publish to the web, does it does it technic does it strip it of of that critical data? As in, is it just like. Ostensibly, a, a viewable only, a viewable only um, file. Like, would you actually publish that to the web, or does it still? I know, and I know it's it's sticking within the domain. The students, um, so, some of that that critical information
1: um, could be connected. Sure I under, let me let me see if I understand. So, when you publish it to the web, yes. it becomes like a video on the web. Yes. But if you decide to go back into your slides because you want to add in credits or you noticed a mistake and you want to fix it it will you can go into your slides change it it will automatically update live on the web and if you ever change your mind you can unpublish it and take it down right away
0: right so yeah so the question I was asking around was whether or not I guess it kind of comes down to that idea of hackable information Mm -hmm. if you're including visual cueing, that's like with kids names Totally get that. So that would be the question as to why you would want it ever existing on outside the domain.
1: Right, right. But, so for example, that, for the students that I did it with, I got parent permission to post it on YouTube. Right. Because I took it out of our domain.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Yeah.
0: If um if 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 someone's starting this up and they kind of get, okay, I get uh, the G Suite and I sort yeah. of get, I've done one or two um, drawings. I get how I could sort of make my own picture, or just use the insert, um, like the clip arty kind of stuff that's included in G Suite. Yeah. What? Um, what's? I mean, beyond showing up at one of your sessions. Yeah. What's an Id- What's an ideal way to kind of? Because in my mind, it's funny. Like what you just laid down in your session yeah. sounds like the exact lesson I would want to run in with my students. Like, oh, and it yeah. wouldn't matter what what curriculum it is. It's no, like
1: absolutely.
0: Everyone's going to make their own stop motion. We're going to have a celebration at the end where we kind yeah. of do it.
1: Use it to articulate you, their understanding of whatever they're working on.
0: What's a way and to get some... Yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. On. No, 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 you jump in. It, does,
1: it doesn't have to be every student doing it, right? We talk about differentiation all the time. Maybe right. three students use this method to, to convey their learning, convey their understanding, not the whole class.
0: For sure. If we bring it back to the educator, um, mm. how do you... What would be a, 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 a way to kind of... To, to bump them towards something like this. So someone's like, yeah, but, you know, we could just do our, we could do storyboarding. We could kind of do, which works nicely in the planning stage of this. But what, what might be the thing that just might push that educator to take that step, to give it a shot, to get the, to find, i like to say to find their brave in order to try to this their with brave. their classroom. Yeah. I
1: love that you said to find their brave. Um, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, the idea of stepping out of your comfort zone. So I find, you know, it's, it's understandable. A lot of people might shy away from it because it involves technology and that might be a little scary. It's stop motion animation. When you hear about that, you think Disney, you think, you know, Pixar, I can't do that. That's too, that's impossible. That's, that's for the professionals. And, and so I, I get stepping out of your comfort zone is tough and and it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, like I said, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, and even just today we were, um, We were filming something uh, at work, a promotional video for our upcoming um, EdTech camp in the fall. And I was with a teacher and I said, you know, would you mind talking about how you felt uh, the last time you were at EdTech camp? She said, I don't know. I can't go on camera. I can't go on camera. But but she said, okay, I'll do it. And she did it and she was amazing. And I asked her afterwards, I'm like, how do you feel? She's like, I'm energized. I have adrenaline. I said, you stepped out of your comfort zone. And that's really what I think, is is prompting me to do a lot of things lately and i have to thank uh my good friend sylvia duckworth because she's the one who got me thinking about the importance of stepping out of our comfort zone it is so important for growth she's got some fantastic sketch notes about stepping out of your comfort zone and and one of them says like this is it has like a circle about you and where your comfort zone is and then a circle with all these new and amazing experiences that's separate from your comfort zone and there's Mm -hmm. an arrow pointing to those new and amazing experiences. And she's like, this is where the magic happens. And and I truly believe that. She's the one that got me to do my first demo slam because I was petrified to get up there and do it. And she's like, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Like who cares? And I did it. And I owe her a lot for prompting me to do that. It's, It's really the reason why I'm trying to write an ignite speech right now for ISTE. Um, Uh, ISTE is like uh, the the Oscars of EdTech conferences uh, in San Antonio at the end of the school year. And, you know, I'm trying it. And I think that that what I would say to a teacher who's hesitant to try something like stop motion animation with Google Slides or really any venturing into any unknown territory with EdTech, I would say, you know, just try to step out of your comfort zone for a few minutes. Try something small. Try something little. And... You'll get that adrenaline rush. You'll get that empowerment, that feeling of agency and empowerment when you try something like that. And it's it's infectious. It's, I mean it's 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 give you an adrenaline rush. It's it's amazing. And I think that's what I would say to somebody who is hesitant. I'm like, just just try it. You know, let me help you. Let me show you, let me let me let me get you started and give it a try. Step out of your comfort zone.
0: It's funny. I love the conversations that the conversations in general when I talk about teaching from from the ledge where you know your toes oh, are kind of hang where and and I've really come to appreciate
1: I love not that only, teaching from the ledge. Sorry, I love it.
0: It's yours. Take it. It's just it's the it, it's the image that I have <laughs> of you got speak. it. <laughs>
1: teaching it's from that, the
0: ledge. Yeah, it's the idea of um and I've been in this space Talking to other educators about the stories we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and how the stories sometimes are it, like many myth, they are sort of like not the center they're 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 off from the center and not to get too philosophical, but i've I've found that myself that you know if I start to believe the stories that I tell myself, then I stop paying attention to what my needs are, and I really do that's for me specifically. I really do need to step up to that edge often. I need to recognize whether or not it actually is an edge or it's just sort of like
1: I'm literally there's taking a, notes on what you're saying right now. I'm so
0: inspired. <laughs> well, it's on tape too, so you can always play it back afterwards if you want. Yeah. It's like you're listening for the the, the end true. parts. Yeah. But it's there's something really cool about walking up to that edge in in your own in your own Centered in yourself and being able to make the decision for you, not for someone like you. And I've had a lot of teachers say when I ask them if they want to try something like, yeah, I don't do that. And they're almost talking about themselves like they're watching themselves on TV, like they know how the story ends. And I just think to myself, you need You you. Yeah, you need you need this. Try. You need this moment, and yeah. I can't. I'm not going to force you because then, then you move into fear and yeah. anger.
1: It's like you're pushing them off the ledge. They need to. They need to put yeah. their own toes over the ledge themselves.
0: It's true. So yeah. I love. I love how you know. I I found that some of the the coolest sessions, um, that I've ever been to. Let's say in ed tech or anything that I would say is that yeah. PD. That's not something yeah. that I go looking for. Yeah. Is where all of a sudden, you have this moment like. You're you're there and the presenter has somehow got you there and you're just going to do it. <laughs> OK, yeah, I yeah. guess that's that's what I do now, because I am here. I have this piece or this project and I'm going to show it to the group.
1: And isn't so, it interesting how how when you're teaching from the ledge, the ledge keeps moving farther and farther away from you as you get closer and closer to it. Because you try to go over, yeah. but you, but, but you've tried it. You good. And then the ledge moves forward. You got to go back to the ledge again.
0: Yeah, and and in another context, so, you know, I think it was before we hit record talking about Stephen Hurley and one of the conversations Mm -hmm. I had with him is that I've always felt like I was in teaching portfolios where I was kind of on the fringe and a little bit of a forager. So I kind of go to these small niche classroom settings, have some experiences, but then bring those back to center. And then what you end up finding is that the center moves. It starts to expand to embrace that. And then you go back out on recon and find a new fringe. Yes. And some of the people that are kind of interesting to me are the ones that choose to do that, you know, they sort of
1: teaching from the fringe.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's another one for you. But they're but they're actively going out and seeking and what ends yeah. up happening is that the center really does benefit from people going out there and trying these things. And I think Absolutely. right now we're in a space with our ed tech exploration where yeah. that's happening in in high iteration, high yeah, there iteration. Are a
1: lot of us reaching for the fringe.
0: It's very cool. Yeah. I feel refreshed. That's why I said too. about 10, 10 p.m. pd.
1: Absolutely. I don't know how I'm going to get to bed tonight now. I'm like I'm like <laughs> energized.
0: You got to post a video.
1: <laughs> I got to post a video. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: the gateway. As we talk about the sort of like either the the gateway drug of good pd, yeah, or the the secret affair of pd sneaking away to sort of yeah. post another edu edu, edu video, video about your yeah.
1: It doesn't actually know what he's talking about. I came back from a conference a little while ago and it was Monday morning and I was driving into work and i was so energized from this conference and Footloose came on the radio and I just started like the geek in me just started, you know, car dancing. And I just I was like, wow, I'm so energized. And I just quickly hit record on Twitter. And I just sort of put out there that Footloose is on the radio and I'm dancing to the music and I'm energized after all this learning I did. And I can't wait to get into work and I'm going to go dance into work.
0: I love it. And I think the only thing that's better than your actual video that could be better is yeah. if you could actually get the footage from outside the building of, of, you, it to work. of you dancing into work, that would be actually, that would be, you well, would be the boss. If you could actually get, we'll just talk to someone to say, do you actually have a video feed for that? Cause I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I was like,
1: That would be epic. yeah, I was,
0: I was totally dabbing in the door. Like I was just like everything. Um, Kim, this was awesome. This yeah, was really thank cool. Thank you
1: so much.
0: I, I love that. Uh, like I, you kind of mentioned, like being able to have the the cool fun combo. This yeah. was this was this was effortless, and I really I really enjoyed what you Aww, shared. Thank which, you. Which I think will be you're very welcome. Which I think will be valuable to, to many. I'm glad that we're able to steal from a session that um, there'll be individuals that were not able to attend this session. So it'll be yeah. valuable learning for them.
1: Yeah, and, that'd I, be great. and we'll post the we'll post the resources and everything in the show notes.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um I'll get them to me and I'm Perfect. I'm hoping to have uh I'll have the episode up probably by weekend end, maybe Monday, Monday, so we start retweeting and getting it out to people, okay? Sounds great. Thank you so much.
1: No problem. My pleasure. This and was I'm really sure a pleasure.
0: we're gonna pass in the digital hallway soon, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, take care. Thanks, Chris. Chasing Squirrels Lab can be found on iTunes with the rest of the Chasing Squirrels podcast episodes. You can also contact me at Chris J. Clough at gmail. And if you want to get a quick contact, throw me a tweet at the exact same handle. Thank you for spending time with me.